You're listening to Standing Before the Mass podcast with Chris Heaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. Hey folks, how's it going? My guest for this episode is Daniel Forster. Daniel is a world-renowned marine photographer whose work has appeared in every major yachting magazine in Europe, the USA, New Zealand, and Australia. Two of his images have appeared on the cover of Time magazine, once in 1987 featuring Dennis Connor, then again in 1995 featuring Team New Zealand. Born in Switzerland, photography was introduced to Daniel at a young age through his family. Daniel attended a technical school for photography that offered an apprenticeship program which provided many of the early steps that led to his career as a freelance photographer. Daniel has covered every America's Cup race since 1977 and will continue with this streak by covering the next America's Cup races in New Zealand in 2021. Daniel has also photographed the Whitbread and Volvo Ocean Race starts and finishes. He has sailed on the Uruguay to England leg of the Whitbread in 1986 aboard UBS Switzerland Maxi Yacht, where he served as both crew member and photographer. In addition to covering racing, Daniel's work has taken him to Cape Horn, the Beagle Channel, the Galapagos, and the Amazon. He has been commissioned by owners of yachts to document in book format their participation in major sailing events. We talk about all of this and more. Daniel has a great sense of humor and a wonderful approach to his pursuit. I would like to thank my friend Josie for introducing me to Daniel, and to thank Daniel for taking the time to record this podcast episode. Also, the podcast begins with Daniel showing me some extraordinary images he captured of a moonrise in early December. While you obviously can't see the images on the podcast, the story of how he captured them was too good to leave out. Those images and many others we mention in this episode are on his website, danielforster.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L. F-O-R-S-T-E-R dot com. He also has an active Instagram and Facebook profile. You may find links to those accounts from his website. I hope you enjoy. This might be difficult with, without... Uh, without a visual. Without a visual. Uh, uh, you know, these are... I don't... You, you've, you've, have you seen these two? These two pictures? Yes. I saw. Okay, I think so, I saw them on your Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook and his Instagram. But it's just... This is two days... In the life of a photographer, you know. Wow. <laughs> and you get from lucky to very lucky. <laughs> That's incredible. Did I tell you the story behind that? No. No? Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, uh, I uh, on Tuesday, December 11th, so I had to go out to the beaver tail because it's cold, it's a blue sky, it's, uh, it's plenty of snow, and you never know. You know? So, I grab my camera, <clears throat> I, I, I drive out there. Go to Brevetail at at the end and look over to, to Narragansett, and uh, it's very boring sunset. Uh, there's no waves, no no clouds in the sky. The sun goes down, <clears throat> and I was ready to go back. And I turn around, and I I see over Castle Hill. I see this view with the moon, full moon coming up over Castle Hill. And I go like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can put that into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea there was a full moon. I had no idea where it would go up, you know, over whatever. Um, and I see this, you know, uh, with the full moon mm. bigger than Castle Hill, Hill. And I had my camera. Uh, and so I, I took the picture and went home to edit it. And it ended up, you know, in in uh, on Instagram and and uh, Facebook and right. local paper and uh, and so on. And then the next day, I dis- I said, oh, I have to go back and see 
again at the same time, and I was out the beaver tail, <clears throat> grabbed my camera again, the long lens, beaver tail, and I was there at, at uh, quarter past five, same time. Nothing happened. <laughs> and the sun goes down, it goes pitch black, and uh, I was parked at beaver tail, and, and I knew the, the moon had to come up. And I had the lens, and uh, but I didn't know where it would come up and when. So I Googled it, and I found out it's actually the moon comes up 50 minutes every day, later every day, and right. I didn't know that. And <clears throat> so the next thing is, where is it going to come up? So I was, I was focusing on, on Castle Hill, because you can see that. And suddenly, it comes up 50 minutes later, about 20 degrees uh, to the north. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was east before, and now it goes north. <clears throat> and uh, uh, so I had no tripod, so I put the camera on on the on the hood of the car uh, because <laughs> I've done that before with a self timer, and uh, I put it on the hood with my my um, uh, wallet under the lens, the front of the lens, to stabilize <laughs> it <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and uh, get it on the right angle. And I got this picture. And next thing you know, I, I go in the car and look at the picture. I said, holy shit again. Right. It's the Trinity Church in front <laughs> of, of, the the, of the moon. Yeah. And if I would have parked the car 100 yards left, 100 yards right, the, the church wouldn't be in the picture. Wow. So it was total being there is 50%. You know, that's mm. uh, basically <laughs> that's the basic rule. <laughs> that's fantastic. And being ready. You know, a friend of my, uh, my father said um, a long time ago, like 50 years ago, he said, you have to be ready when the train stops. Then you have to be ready to get, get, to get onto the train. The train will stop, but if you're not ready, right. you missed it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's one of those uh, events. Anyway, that was um, a month ago. <laughs> a month, one month ago. Well, almost two months ago now. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. almost. It's yeah. December 11th and 12th, the last full moon. That's beautiful. In December, which, which is called the cold moon. Mm. And um, so we'll go from there. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Now, that's fantastic. What <laughs> local publication did it wind up in? Well, it was in, in a Jamestown Press. Oh, I see. Uh, right. And then... Uh, uh, and then Ryan. Uh, oh, what's up, Noob? What's up, Noob? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. He, used, he used one of the pictures. And, that's my, yeah. probably where I saw it. I do. I, the one on the right looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the long story about the two days in my life, <laughs> <laughs> 50 years later. <laughs> You're originally from Switzerland. Yes. Yeah, I was born in Switzerland. Is it Merton? Am I saying that correctly? Morton. 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 Yeah, yes. You got into photography. You began as an apprentice. Is that correct? <laughs> I did an apprenticeship, yes. Um, my father and my uncle are uh, were good photographers, amateur photographers. And, and so they, my father had all different cameras. And and uh, my uncle started to uh, uh, process the black and white film uh, and, and make prints uh, just in my, in my room, basically. Uh, and then later on, I, I worked in, in, the, in the cellar in the, in the, a room where we have the washing machine and the laundry room in the cellar. <laughs> that <laughs> was the processing. My, bucket, <laughs> yeah. my buckets with fixer and developer. And and um, and then I, I did an apprenticeship at, uh, mm. with an, uh, a master photographer. And you go four days, you work in the studio 
one day you go to school. Mm-hmm. That's a, a government school, uh, like a trade school. Mm-hmm. And then you do an exam, and um, I passed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. But even before the apprenticeship, you, you really began in your own house. Yes. Yeah. yeah before the apprenticeship, mm. but I did. I did. Uh, I. I. I uh, and I went. I went to college. I, I dropped out of college to go to the to do the apprenticeship. But mm. the college had a had a, a dark room, so I spent more time in a dark room than in school. <laughs> oh, right. So I knew the basics, but. Um, but then I did an apprenticeship. As an apprentice, you mm-hmm. you get a minimal um, uh, salary, mm-hmm. a very small salary. It was it's cheap labor for the master, but he, he's supposed to teach you. You know, it's, it's right. like a school. And uh, so w- we worked in a studio. We did uh, reproductions of paintings. We did uh, catalogs of uh, kitchenware mm-hmm. uh, factory, or make a factory with kitchenware. We did uh, architecture photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did um, reproductions um, of of objects or, or or paintings or so it's very diverse, right. diverse um, approach. How did you transition from the apprenticeship out to to be? Uh, did you work for anyone else or did you just strike out on your own? Actually, I I, um, I started doing my apprenticeship. I I went um, I went to Kiel Week. Kiel is. Um, uh, a city near Hamburg, north of Germany, and Kiel Week is the oldest um, sailing week in the world. It's over a hundred years old, so you can think the the Kaiser, German Kaiser, raced mm-hmm. against uh, English, uh, wh- whoever was uh, <laughs> was a, a big sailing uh, region there. And um, so, by chance, uh, the Swiss sailing magazine sent me in nineteen seventy one. To, uh, to Kiel to this um, to, to this uh, Kiel week, and I did that uh, I think for twenty five years in a row. Wow! Uh, every year I went back, but the, what happened was still an apprenticeship. And then uh, in seventy two I was out of the apprenticeship, and there was um, the seventy two were the Olympic Games in Berlin, uh, in in Munich, Munich, mm-hmm. and the sailing was in Kiel, uh, in the north. So I I went to Kiel. I never went to to Munich. Um, uh, I, I I did my first Olympics in '72 in Kiel, and I did 12 Olympic games after that uh, till the last wow. <laughs> Olympic games in uh, in Weymouth in all, Rio. In all Rio. Summer Olympics. All summer, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. 13 so, Summer Olympic games. Wow. And uh, so I went back to Kiel every year as a freelance. But then, so it's a long story. Um, uh, um, I went to to London as a as a butler and au pair. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's a, a, a long side story. Yeah. And um, in '73, I started um, to work in a studio in Geneva, in a photo studio as a photographer, taking pictures of for catalogs. And we did mainly, of course, Geneva. You know, we did watches, <laughs> right? Watch catalogs, and I did that for a whole winter. Then I decided in '74 to, to become freelance, and every year I went to the, the Kiel uh, uh, the Kiel Week, mm-hmm. and then in '76 I went to the, the Olympic Games in in Montreal. That was my first time in the United States '76, and then I, uh, I went through Newport to Montreal. Not a long story. <laughs> uh, hitchhiking from Newport to Montreal. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so that was. Uh, 
that's another hour podcast. <laughs> oh, really? And then I landed in uh, in New York in '76, <clears throat> and I first time in America went to a motel near G JFK because I was um, I, my plan was to hitchhike from there to Newport and from Newport to Montreal. And uh, while I was in this motel, a cheap motel near G JFK. I switched on the television and I, I said, oh, that's interesting. Uh, there's some uh, tall ships. Uh, and it was the tall ships, uh, you know, it was a 200-year anniversary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the tall big. ship parade. And <laughs> it was all on TV by chance. And um, so it, I um, I went to, to Montreal for the Olympic Games and, and I met a lot of um, – Editors and um, magazine, newspaper editors, mostly mm -hmm. mag sailing magazine. And then I went to New York to Yachting Magazine. And um, they, uh, I, had my, I had my slides with me, a selection of slides. And uh, they did a, a portfolio, an eight-page portfolio in 76, uh, Yachting Magazine. Mm -hmm. And that that spread the, uh, spread the name in, in the United States, so... Um, and then uh, in 77, America's Cup, and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm a photo uh, sailing photographer, you know, America's Cup is the pinnacle. And right. So I, I went to, to Newport and uh, through a friend of, of mine in England who I met before, who has who, whose family is in Jamestown, she said, oh, why don't you stay with me? And during the America's Cup, I'm... I'm uh, I'm staying at Horsehead. I don't know if you're Horsehead. Oh, yeah. Horsehead oh, in yeah. Jamestown. <laughs> it's the I biggest know. mansion in Jamestown. Yeah. And uh, so my friend is, is uh, from the Wright family uh, who has uh, properties in Jamestown mm -hmm. and houses. And one of the houses was, was Horsehead. And she lives in England, but, but she was, every America's Cup she was at Horsehead. So that was my first America's Cup in 77. <laughs> That's a heck of an introduction to Newport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or to the this area, Rhode yeah, Island. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, my lucky, the start of my lucky America's Cup streak. <laughs> Were you freelance when you, in 77, when you photographed the America's Cup? Yes, I was I was freelance um, in the last 50 years. Oh, okay. Right. So it's <laughs> Basically, all... but I got employed for the America's Cup for different America's Cups by different syndicates mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, with Bill Coke in 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one and a half years. Uh, I spent three months in in uh, San Diego, and then '95 was the women's team. Bill Coke again, and mm. and uh, he hired me again, or his team hired me again for one and a half years. I noticed you had two Time magazine covers. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, both from the America's Cup. Right. Uh, so that. Um, Another long story. Uh, in <laughs> in um, seventy uh, in eighty three, I was here for the America's Cup, and then uh, the cup went went to uh, Australia, and then I got a uh, in eighty six. I got a call from Time Magazine and said, um, uh, "We're looking for somebody to cover the America's Cup. Are you available?" <laughs> and of mm. course, I said yeah, yes right away. I was by chance. I was in Boston. I still remember it like it was yesterday when that telephone call came to Sail Magazine. They were, oh, we're looking for Daniel Forster, <laughs> and I was by chance at Sail Magazine in, in Boston. And um, so they sent me. Long story short, they sent me for five months to to uh, Perth, Australia, in '87. There were two photographers for Time Magazine, and we were down there. For the whole period, um, we, we each rented a house, and 
it was was the best assignment assignment you can have, you know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, full on um, day rates, and uh, of course, all the uh, expenses paid. It was it was a solid assignment. <laughs> right. And then they said they said we're doing a, a, the cover. So because I was I've been working for Dennis Connor before. And I knew him, and I asked to go on board. I was um, taking pictures on board. And then uh, two, three days before they did the cover, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I did, uh, on your website. On my website, yeah. yeah. They said, oh, um, Gorbachev made a big decision about, I can't remember now. Mm. <laughs> they said, we changed the cover. You're going to be the big, the small triangle on the top, uh, uh. top right cover, right? <laughs> and and then two days, that was three days, then two days before they said, ah, oh, we decided we'll have the, the sailing cover. And, and for me, you know, it was like the stepping stone. I would it was say. A big, a big uh, thing for my portfolio. And um, uh, the rest is history. Right. Then I went, thanks to that, I went to the Cal- Calgary uh, 88 Olympic Games, the Winter Games, mm-hmm. and I was one of the eight photographers they had there, and that was complete different, different experience, <laughs> environment, experience, and uh, that's the only Winter Games I did. When you were on board with Dennis <clears throat> Connor to take that shot, were, you, were they racing that day, or was that? No, no, they wouldn't take uh, any anybody on board while they're racing. Right. So it, it was a training day, but with the twelve meters in in Fremantle with uh, twenty five knots of wind, that was it was quite um, quite an assignment uh, day. <laughs> but you were on board as a photographer for the Uruguay to England leg of the Whitbread. Is that yes, correct? yes, yeah. that's another <laughs> another assignment, another story. I, I did, I think. F- Five Whitbread Volvo Ocean races, mm-hmm. but as a photographer, of course, uh, at the stopover, the, fi- the the finish of the leg and then the start of the leg and, right. and so on for all the. So that was two times around the world flight. For later on in in two thousand and one and two thousand and two with Ilbrook, that was um, during the nine eleven. That's another another long story. <laughs> but my first assignment was um, with uh, UBS Switzerland. That was the 80-foot, they had four, five, five 80-foot uh, yachts racing, but they were racing on, on real time. It wasn't points. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Uruguay, well, it was actually in Auckland, uh, I um, I said to my friend Pierre Felman, the, the skipper, who I raced again t- 15 years before <laughs> on the lakes in Switzerland, so we knew each other very well. I said, I said well, well, maybe we should have a photographer on board because I taught I taught the photographer one of the crew members what to do you know what's important mm-hmm. what cameras to get but uh, I said maybe I should come for one leg and he said uh, I don't take any tourists oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to be a crew member right uh, but he knew that I was a sailor uh, I sailed against him before sure so he said you have to be part of the crew and and on the uh, when you're on when the shifts you're on you you can't take pictures. Mm. You you have to be full on. Uh, You're part crew, of the crew. crew. Crew member. Yeah. So you can take pictures when there's no no shifts. Um, when there's uh, when they are off off watch. Mm. But it was 31 days, and, and from Uruguay to England, it was it was again it was the best. 
the best time to do it because after that, the, the 80 footers were gone and all the comfort was gone. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> and then it was dry food uh, compared to uh, uh, steaks from, uh, Uru from Uruguay. The best steaks you can have, you know, Argentina, Uruguay is the best. Uh, yeah, that's the way to beef. do it. <laughs> <laughs> With fresh vegetables and eggs uh, at the start, you know, and, <laughs> and now they have... Uh, Hot water, boiled water, yeah. and, but it's still good food. I, I, mm. I've had uh, freeze-dried uh, food, which was ac actually organic food. You can get freeze-dried organic food. <laughs> yeah. I know. I looked at the I think both times the Volvo was here, I, I toured the village, and they had a cutaway of one of the boats. Right. And it was sort of an interactive experience, and that's not a... A luxurious ride. <laughs> no, the onboard photographers, uh, they have to do a video photography. They have to write the story every day. And right. it's a hard job to, to do. And the environment, you know, the, the, these boats below, they're so loud because there's no insulation. Mm. They're cold or wet or humid uh, <laughs> or hot on the on the equator that you sweat like crazy. And oh, that. Yeah. So uh, being uh, one day... Uh, for a day on one of these boats, a few uh, different the, events. The, but, the current Volvo but, boat, but or, uh, yes, yeah. but uh, it's not. It's not a fun trip. <laughs> it's a job. You also have been commissioned to do some custom books to, that document yachts. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, How did that come about? Well, it, uh, there were different different owners, and and um, uh, of course. Bill Koch wanted to do a book uh, on the 92 event and the mm -hmm. 95 event. So I was the official photographer. So I worked with the book designer, the writer uh, together, sort out the pictures, make a selection. And mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that those were the America Cube books. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Dennis Connor did, did a book um, of his uh, event in 2000 and... Uh, Larry Ellison, I worked for a season for Larry Ellison for, uh, with uh, with the Maxi um, Sayonara. Mm -hmm. He wanted to do a book. We selected the pictures, and he said, uh, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna do all the captions." And we knew that the book <laughs> wouldn't come out for uh, <laughs> half a century, <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, we're still waiting. <laughs> oh, it's not done yet. It, uh, no, no. Uh, he, he had other, you know. Then, then he went to the America's Cup. Right. That was that was the Maxi event, but then he went to the America's Cup and and just uh, dropped it. So hopefully, we, one day we're going to do that. Yeah, the last book I just finished was uh, with uh, Lisa and Jack LaFort, mm -hmm. who live in, in Jamestown, and uh, suggested that to him because I, I did uh, other books for 12-meter uh, owners. And uh, luckily, he won the 12-meter world championship. How good. <laughs> and um, so we did a book, a coffee table book, which just, which just finished two weeks ago. So that was a, a, uh, I did the whole layout and... and um, uh, selection of pictures together with with Jack and Lisa, and then um, I did the layout uh, for that big book, and then ordered it, and and mm. we did two two versions, and so that was that was a, a great uh, experience. But the books I, I I like the most it was the book or is the book I did when uh, another sailor who I knew. A friend of his called and says, um, Patrick Le Barros, uh, he's Portuguese, 
is is uh, going with his yacht, the 115 yacht catch, a wooden catch, going doing the the Beagle Channel and going around around Cape Horn. That was a, it's now about ten years ago. And uh, are you available? The same thing. And I said, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, so we did that trip. Uh, uh, two weeks. We went. We left from from um, Punta Arenas. Uh, uh, no, from um, from Chile. From Chile. We left through the archipelago, went through the Beagle Channel, and then around Cape Horn, and anchored. Anchored every evening. We anchored. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was it was too dangerous, and no reason to <laughs> no reason to keep going overnight. Wow. Two nights, I think two nights we didn't anchor. But so we were on these places where ne- ne- nobody ever has has seen, mm-hmm. and we went to this uh, this. Um, Big event was the Garibaldi glacier, which was in a uh, in a fjord, and you come around the corner and the glacier comes down uh, all the way down to the water. So it's really spectacular sights. Wow! And he said, "I always wanted to have a picture with my yacht going around Cape Horn." And I said, "I I have from years before when I was with UBS Switzerland on the round the world uh, trip. I had the contacts to the Chilean Chilean." army mm-hmm. and we so we chartered a helicopter who came over the andes and landed on on cape horn it cape horn is a big island like the size of jamestown conanicas island right people don't know that they think it's a big rock but it's it's a it's a big island in the behind behind the rock so the helicopter landed there we we uh went into the bay and went up 200 steps and I flew around Cape Horn forty-five minutes, oh, wow. <laughs> and we got the, we got the pictures of the of the yacht going uh, east to west and west to east. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the owner was very happy about that. And then uh, one and a half years later, they called me again and said, "We're going to the, the we're going to the Galapagos." And so we went ten days from one island to the other island in the Galapagos. And I said, "We should do a book about that." I have all these pictures because. Uh, Charles Darwin did exactly that. Sure. He, he was on on the Beagle, right. going going through the Beagle Channel, and then they went up the coast to uh, to the Galapagos, and that's where he wrote this famous book. And so I said we should call it "In the Wake of Charles Darwin." Ah, uh, clever. So that's the title of the book, and then the owner published self published a book of these two of these two cruises, um, uh, the Beagle Channel, Cape Horn, and then the Galapagos. So that's that's my favorite book. Uh, Is that uh, still available, or was that it's just it's for uh, it's not for sale, but right. it's available. I, I you know I sell it I, I sell it to to people to mm. friends and families, or give it away, and and the owner and he he gives them to his friends and. Oh, that's fantastic! So um, uh, that was a, that was the best cruise ever. You know, you can imagine. And it was nice of the Chilean army to volunteer their helicopter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you talked about how you started with all the chemicals and developing prints right, and slides, right. and at some point you had to make the transition to digital. And how did you find that? Well, I I, I right away compared to other photographers, I, I right away knew this this is it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, they just uh, invented the wheel <laughs> because it was such a big shock compared. Mm. Um, I'm the lab now. I'm processing my film and I'm in 100% in charge. Right. I right away uh, in 2003 was the final America's Cup 2003 in Auckland was the final day where I only used digital. That's when, when Canon came out. I've been working with Canon for, for 50 years. Mm. 
and that's when they came up with the full frame camera and the high resolution camera body cost eight thousand dollars <laughs> wow <laughs> that was I, I bought one or more than one of those and <laughs> in 2000 i think the switch came 1999 2000 when the first cameras came out but the the resolution was not big enough for the for the round the world race 2000 and 2001 where i was the photographer for ilbrook the german boat who mm-hmm. won who won the event the Volvo ocean race then I I I I always had two cameras around my neck. One was a digital, one was with film, because they they wanted for the websites. They wanted uh, the pictures right away to put up on the websites. Right. But the quality was not big enough for the magazines, so I still had to uh, shoot in in, in, print. in, I mean, in uh, slides. Right. Slides. And so, I'd, an interesting thing was thirty years before, basically. Plus minus. I had two cameras on my neck. One was with black and white film. One was with 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 Kodachrome, ah. because uh, um, some magazines couldn't afford to print in color, color, so they wanted black and white. Oh. And then uh, two thousand two thousand one was the uh, was I remember because that was the Volvo Ocean Race event. Mm. I had two cameras, and I did digital and processed uh, the slides. I still have slides from. I have sl- slides from 1970 all the way to 2000, so 30 years of wow. slides. <laughs> and the slides from t- the Kodachrome 2070, I could show it. It looks like taken yesterday. It's really? unbelievable. The, the quality is, uh, is uh, well, I, I, I didn't have it on the sunlight, of course, but right. But uh, some of these boxes were in humid weather, in dry weather, hot, cold. And the, the slides are look. Yeah, like I was going to ask you, you. You've had these for so long. Is there any, are there any special considerations for storing them to, to preserve them? Yes, but uh, do what I say. Don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, I had them in the garage. I I couldn't afford um, uh, you know air conditioning for for all these slides right. in an air conditioned room. And but uh, as I said, the quality is unbelievable. It's, it's still, still there. there. And I, I have my own scanner. I scan my own slides, mm. and I I print I, I print uh, massive, big, forty-inch wide prints on aluminum. We can talk about that later on. Right, <laughs> the, uh, of pictures taken from a slide, scanned, and uh, reworked in Photoshop. And he would say, "Oh, that was taken a week ago. It's it's uh, and the, and the picture was taken twenty-five years ago." Wow. So. Th- that's the slides are still that's impressive still uh, a good quality if you if you go through all the steps you know the scanning has to be perfect the photoshop work has to be perfect mm. and then the printing has to be perfect do you get a lot of calls for a real large format beyond the size of a of a coffee table book or is it uh well the coffee table books are are the books i did uh, yeah. mostly the latest one was was a coffee coffee table book size, mm-hmm. but um, I'm working on the obviously I'm working on the 50 years of Forster photography book, but uh, ah. I still have to find. A, when a, will that tome a, be available? A, 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 a sponsor or whatever you call it to, to help me come up with the initial sure um, because it, the research time is so big. I have to just take six months off to just to, <laughs> to concentrate on, on that only. Mm. Apart from writing it, uh, that's another another long story. Though I have all these notes from all these years. I keep notes, and 
And uh, so you have to go through that and type it down. Um, but, yeah, uh, put um, it on paper. That's um, a project in the next um, year. <laughs> <laughs> You've also photographed a lot of architecture. Uh, or is that something that's <clears throat> recent? Uh well, not it's not recent. Um, occasionally, a, a real estate um, colleague, friend, or somebody from real estate mm. business uh, calls me up to do a, do a house. Or uh, I have a f- uh, architect friend, Mohammed Farsan from Newport. Oh and, yeah, uh, his daughter went to school with my daughter, and we sailed together in the summer. We sailed together with um, with uh, sail Newport J twenty twos, and with uh, on the Tuesday races with. Uh, Newport Yacht Club organized mm-hmm. Tuesdays, so so he he hired me to take pictures of of houses, uh, of the houses they did. So that's one thing. I travel less now, right? Because um, I, I like to uh, you know stack wood at home and enjoy the wood stove. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying working on doing more real estate, more houses, mm. more interiors, and. Uh, so I, I have drones too. I have two drones. Um, oh wow! Uh, if needed, of course, the helicopter did a lot of helicopter photography, mm-hmm. and the rest um, indoors is I have all the equipment to do what if I need to. So that's a that's a branch I want to do more in the architectural. World. Yes, yes, yeah. in, uh, on this side. I noticed uh, you mentioned social media um, on your f- Facebook page. You like to blend some poetry. <laughs> With your images, <laughs> yeah, and that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, I, I, it's parallel Instagram or Facebook. If I put something up on Facebook, I put it in uh, yeah. parallel to in- Instagram. Sure. And uh, I have to check it out, but I, I think about a year ago, I started to, my caption is always a limerick. Mm-hmm. So there's no picture going up without the limerick. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do, sometimes I, st- you know, I stop for two weeks. And that's another another story to discuss, you know, Facebook, Instagram. If you stop for two weeks, nobody uh, checks with you and say, are you sick? Are you OK? Uh, <laughs> did you jump off the bridge? Right. Or, <laughs> so uh, the, the world scrolls on by. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they, these are my special friends, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, they when they they make comments about my limericks and um Sometimes it's every second day. Sometimes it's every second week. It mm. depends what's happening, where I travel, and and uh, what I feel like. And sometimes I take I take a picture of a an oyster shell or a or or a butterfly, and uh, or in the, in the summer of my vegetables from my vegetables garden. <laughs> but um, recently, I, I have an idea about a limerick or a word I want to use. And now I'm, I do a limerick, and I look a picture which goes with a limerick. You know, it it's mm. so, suddenly become <laughs> it's it switches from <laughs> from priority. The priority is the limerick, not the not the photo anymore. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Do you do uh, video work as well? Uh, no. no, the the first answer is no. But right. if somebody would ask me, I could do it. I know mm. how to do it, and uh, the the cameras now are are uh, the high end. Cameras, camera bodies. I have uh, do do fantastic videos. Mm. They, they do movies with the Canon five D or with the with the Canon one uh, DX Mark two. So I could if if I needed to. What um, what I did October a year ago. So it's almost one and a half years ago. I got hired to do um, um, drone video. By going uh, on a, on nature tours uh, mm-hmm. dot com, yep. that's a, a company who does 
uh, based in Jamestown, and they do uh, ex- expeditions in on the Rio Negro, which is a sidearm of the uh, of the Amazon mm-hmm. River. Uh, in the in the center of the Amazon, and um, that you fly to Manaus between the uh, Rio Negro and the Amazon, mm-hmm. where they come together. It's a two million dollar, a uh, two two million people uh, city, and people only know about it because there was a famous movie made about forty years ago. Fitzgeraldo is the movie, mm-hmm. and there's a famous opera house there, and it's spectacular. I've never been there the first time, so I got hired. And I did drone photography and, and drone video and, and obviously uh, uh, normal photography. Right. And it's uh, it's fantastic area. And that's a, a local Jamestown company that, <coughs> yes, that organizes yeah, those trips? Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's actually uh, my neighbor, oh. Mark Baker, mm-hmm. who who has been doing it for 20 years out of Jamestown. <laughs> really? And he, he goes every second month or every month, depending, uh, for the last 20 years wow. to uh, to Manaus. He speaks fluently uh, uh, Portuguese, and uh, he runs it from here. Uh, he goes to all the trade shows. And, mm-hmm. and so I knew about it, and he hired me. So he, has, he uses my pictures from the drone or the videos mm-hmm. or uh, uses... Uh, my photography, of course, it, it's uh, it was it was a spectacular. You mentioned Canon, and that you you've been with that brand your whole life. <clears throat> yes, yes. I I started uh, when I was still in apprenticeship. I, I bought my, the the Canon. The results of the 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 technology was slightly ahead of of um, of Nikon, but mm-hmm. but uh, I keep saying nobody will say, "Oh, it's too bad you didn't use a, a Nikon camera; it would have been much better picture." Mm. And I actually did a whole book uh, a book about um, a classic uh, yacht regatta week in Saint Tropez uh, ten years ago with a friend of mine, and he used uh, Nikon uh, PC. And Lightroom, and I, I used Canon, uh, Photoshop, and and Mac, and we made a book. We didn't say which one was which, and you would not know, you know, you couldn't if tell it's a Canon or a, a, or a Nikon picture. But but that to say, I I chose Canon at that time. It was the technology was better, and it has been in my in my uh, experience. I was in seventy two. The first time, so that's fifty years ago. Wow! And I worked uh, with Canon. They gave me equipment. They gave me the first uh, autofocus uh, bodies uh-huh. and lenses, and uh, and I'm still with Canon Professional Services, where where they give you um, equipment to test, or or if I repair a camera, they give me a, a loaner for the for the time, or if I need a special lens, a long telephoto lens, they. Right. Give me the lens for the America's Cup or for the Olympic Games. So you have access to some equipment, perhaps before it's available to the general public. Uh, theoretically, yes, but mm. but I haven't I haven't done that. Uh, you know, there's millions of Canon photographers <laughs> so <laughs> in the United States, so uh, I haven't done it. Uh, I've t- I've tested new new equipment for for me. <laughs> Will you be shooting any of the next America's Cup series, either the the series leading up to it or the actual event? Uh, I'm not sure about the series, but mm. but I will be uh, again in 
uh, in a year from now in in uh, New Zealand. That's right. for sure. I'm going for the 14th America's Cup in a row. Wow! <laughs> which no other photographer has done. Yeah. <laughs> from '77 to 2021. So. 2021. <laughs> so I'll I'll be there yep. um, for probably a month in Auckland, mm. and it's not a bad place to be in. February. No, no. <laughs> it's the height of the summer. <laughs> Having photographed so many different boats, what do you think of the new AC-75 boats? Well, I'm still amazed. Right. Uh, um, I've been amazed from the, from the from the first time I saw it that mm. it actually worked. <laughs> uh, uh, and if you think about that, this boat has no keel and, and has the, the, the whole boat and wing configuration is sitting on, on, a, on a foil in the middle of the boat and it and then it's controlled by by the foil and and by the rudders mm-hmm. to to keep it straight and and it flies i i yeah. i have pictures uh, as you probably saw i put pictures up on when they trained here in uh with the new boat in in uh, newport i saw it flying and and uh it's spectacular what i don't see is that two boats are racing each other and they can do 50 knots, but when they encounter each other, can they quickly tack, right. you know, to cover each other? How fast can they talk? How, how can they cover each other? How is the... Uh, the America's Cup is about two boats. You never take... That's a, a rule, which obviously I break all the time, but the rule is you never take one, a picture of one pig, a boat. America's Cup, you always have to be two because it's a duel. Right. And the, the idea is the challenger and defender. So you always have two pictures two boats in your picture mm. one way or the other and that's going to be a challenge it was it was a challenge you know during the the, the last two cups in in uh, uh 2013 in uh, San Francisco and 20 uh 2017 in um, Bermuda it was a challenge the the boats do 40 knots and to get two boats together but that's well, that's our job it's, right <laughs> that's what we do but with these boats, they, they, uh, the man- how they maneuver is is going to be the the factor mm. that they can go straight. There's four boats built and ready to go, but uh, they all built two boats, so these are not the final boats. So these four boats look spectacular going in a straight line, but it, but if they tack or jibe, it's a wide circle, and uh, to see two boats racing against each other, that's going to be yeah, the thing, but that's happening in April in um, in Calgary in in Sardinia. Uh, that's right, yeah. and we'll see. It's it's incredibly complicated, and I I I still want to find the person who actually thought about it. It's it's genius, you yeah. know. But you and I will never race of these uh, race one of these boats or sail one of these boats. It's um, yeah, it's foiling so far is out there. Foiling is one thing, you know, foiling with a keel. Yeah. But foiling without a keel, uh, you know, if there's no wind or light wind, uh, you, it's sluggish. Uh, and uh, uh, to keep it keep keep it straight, and uh, that's that's all. Yeah, yeah I often challenge. talk about that with people. You know, previously a lot of the technology from these America's Cups trickles down in some form yes, to the yes. rest of us. But you're right from a foiling perspective. Really, the moth is is the one that's most accessible to people, and like that's a single keel. Yeah, well, foil. there's going to be family boats too with yeah. foils. You know, they have the forty footers, they have the right. thirty footers with foils. If you go cruising, you know, if you arrive, the 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 sailing part is 
is actually the part of the experience. Right. <laughs> so why would you like to, to arrive an hour early? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, if you go for for lunch to Block Island <laughs> and you arrive an hour early, that that That's, that means something. That makes a difference. So the foil will make a difference. Mm. <clears throat> but it's so complicated. You 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 don't want to have a foiling boat to go to Block Island and back. Mm. And you know, mark my words, in five years, yeah. that, that's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I know? But uh, but I just feel the cruising part, the sailing part is is part of the journey. And, and uh, if you arrive um, 10% quicker, right. or 20% quicker at your destiny, it's not, it's not going to make a difference. But some people you know, go across, uh, across the Atlantic, or, yeah. uh, and if they foil, they, it's going to be days <laughs> quicker. That's true, yeah. But it's more complicated. If someone were just starting out in the career path that you've chosen, what advice would you give them today? Uh, do it as a hobby. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, I've, I've said that for 50 years, you know, if... if um, if three or five people tell you not to do it, um, and you're still doing it, you're, you're going to be fine. You know, you gonna, like yeah, you, it, you like it so much that you you're still doing it. But uh, it's uh, there's so much less money around um, mm-hmm. to get paid to make a living. The magazines get everything for free from from the internet, and mm-hmm. the internet gets everything for free from the photographers. <laughs> and uh, if you don't give a picture for free. Another one will. Yeah. Or if you don't give a picture for free, they they say, okay, uh, that's fine. Don't give us a picture and have a nice life. So you then cave in basically Mm -hmm. and you give the picture for free because you want your your name around. But that doesn't make a living, you know. (laughs) That doesn't put food on the table. Exactly. So occasionally you find, I've been lucky, you know, you find an America's Cup syndicate or a Volvo syndicate. And uh, a boat owner, you still have, you know, I've done it for 50 years. I still had to go to Jack LaFord uh, and say, I said, uh, you know, how how about I was looking for you? How about doing a book? And he says, I've been looking for you for two years <laughs> because I saw the pictures of my, my boat mm-hmm. taken by you. But I made the effort to go and see him. And then, sure. uh, then obviously it was much easier. He knew what I was talking about, who I was and mm-hmm. and. Uh, but it's it's a, a career you have to build up, and and uh, these days people don't you know don't take three or four or five years before, right. before uh, to try harder and and uh, but the the main problem is that the magazines pay half of what they paid if they pay, hmm. and the websites pay half of zero you know which is uh, <laughs> zero. <laughs> Do you find yourself having to? chase down or you're not bothered people take your images and reuse them on their digital media or oh that's that's a good good example uh people say uh first there's there's another half hour talk because <laughs> fa- if you if you sign up for facebook and instagram you know that you sign your your pictures away as far as i know they can use your pictures the way they want anybody can take your pictures hmm. but Obviously, they can't. Uh, Coca Cola can't use your picture and do an ad. Sure. Then you, then they pay you. But the the discussion about people taking your pictures is, if I say to somebody, you you took my picture, they take it they take it down right away. Mm-hmm. Or if they used it in an advertisement, they try to to, to pay me somehow. 
but that's very rare because they know it, uh, that they're professionals as we are and mm. they don't steal pictures f per se. Right. And if somebody takes a picture for the website or takes one of my pictures, makes a print for he for themselves, I take them. You can't you can't use my pictures and all that. They either take it down or they say, "Okay, what do I owe you?" And I say my price, you mm. know. And they say, "Oh, that's too expensive. Can you make a compromise?" Or they say, "Oh, in that case, uh, I don't want it. I take it down and and." Uh, There's nothing you can do about that. Right. So, but the bottom line is, you don't actually lose money because if these people know they have to pay, they don't use it. Right. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So you don't. People say, "Oh, you lose money because the people." It's the, this is just paranoia because uh, if I say you have to pay me if you use my my picture, they either pay me or don't use it. Mm. It's it's very straightforward. And if they if they steal it. And I don't know about it. I don't lose money because I don't know <laughs> if they steal it yeah. and I know about it. I try to talk to them Contact or them. Sure. if it's a big company, I sue them, which I never did. Um, mm. They, they, uh, it, it, it did happen and they pay. Ah. Uh, that's, that's uh, if they, oh, it's not free. I said, no, you're supposed to pay for this. I'm making a living. Right. You know, and I, I uh, now I, I'm going to tell you a story, an expression I said for, for 40 years, plus minus. Uh, and people say, "Oh, but uh, can I use your picture? I put I put the name on your picture, you know. Uh, I I mention your name. I put your name, and I so I say, you know, in the morning when I have my toast, I'd like to put butter on my toast. Mm. My name on the toast will not make it <laughs> make me happy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, another thing I use all the time. But um, it's a tough. Um, you have to." Either have another job or right. or go out down hassle and people make make a good living, but not many people make a good living. Yeah, mm. they don't. You know, magazines don't employ photographers anymore. Right, it's all freelance. And do you have a, a studio where you exhibit anything, or do you ever do any shows where you I, display your work? Um, I do occasionally. I had um, I had an exhibition a long time ago at uh, Yacht Restoration School. Oh right, where I work with. Yep. So I have um, a regular arrangement with the um, International Yacht Restoration School. When they need photography, they, they, uh, they ask me to do it. I, I'll, I'm going there in February for a, a day. Mm. I work for a day. Or I, I did the photography of the gala mm. when, when um, James Taylor was there. So I got the, the benefits was that uh, I got uh, great pictures of, of James Taylor. <laughs> I thought I great. saw some of him on your website. Yes, yeah, on yeah. my website, my portrait, in my portrait folder. And uh, and again, I, I had to ask permission, you know, to use them. Mm. But I, I'm a member of the uh, Providence Art Club for over a year now. Um, I got it. You have to supply your work, you know, and they ask you and you, you submit your work and they um, accept you. So I started. That's another story. I started to do painting there. So I, I, I go, I go and paint, paint there. But I had photos. Um, I, they have exhibitions going on for new members, members, and so I had pictures there mm -hmm. uh, where people buy them. And a year ago, it's almost yeah, it's about a year ago from now in May. May that was in May. I, uh, I got uh, first prize in the photography category. In their big exhibition, their yearly exhibition. And what is it called again? The Providence, uh, the Providence Art Club. 
And is it a physical location? <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it's the oldest art club in, in the United States. Mm -hmm. And there are 600 members, 400 ladies, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. And they give, they give art classes from painting to drawing to, to photography as well. And uh, uh, maybe pottery too. I, I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. So, And they have a great uh, uh, restaurant too where you can have lunch. Oh, nice. They do dinners occasionally. And it's quite a, a, quite a well-known club mm. uh, in, in the United States for that matter. So I have some pictures there. I had some pictures at the Wickford Art Association. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now I have some pictures at the Connecticut uh, uh, Art uh, Association at the town hall in in, uh, in Jamestown mm -hmm. and then the Jamestown Library. I don't know if you know the Village Hearth. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The pizza place, it's closed till March right. <laughs> for the winter. But I have uh, the third time now, I have uh, seven pictures there on the wall, mm -hmm. big ones and smaller ones i had some pictures at um, at arnold art uh, mm -hmm. two times i had a window there with sailing pictures so that's always in the summer so that's a uh, ongoing thing but i don't have a, a studio Physical where studio right where i uh, i have exhibitions the best way for someone who just listened to this podcast and is excited is your website the, the best way to find your stuff or would you say more of the social media no, the web definitely the website, yeah, danielforster.com, dot com, mm -hmm. and that's F O R S T E R. Okay, I had so many times I have pictures in uh, National Geographic, Daniel Foster. Oh, jeez, <laughs> and then Forrester, <laughs> and I uh, a few months ago, ago I gave up and I said it's easier to change my name to Forrester <laughs> than to complain to to the magazines. Right, <laughs> I'll put I'll put a properly spelled link in the bio of the podcast. I appreciate podcast. that. Yes. But I, I mean, you can look for me, Daniel Forster zero one on Instagram, mm -hmm. where all the limericks are. <laughs> right, I'll put and, those uh, links up as well. But to come back, you asked me, and I don't know if I asked, answered that question. If I answered that, um, if somebody wants to start their own, you know, mm. the the cameras are so cheap. The the uh, compared to ten years ago, the digital cameras are so cheap, good ones, and the the storage. Because it's 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 the workflow, you know. Say you take a picture, that's fifty percent. Mm. Then you have you have to storage. The storage is so cheap now. Mm. Photoshop is is um, is not cheap, but you have Lightroom, which is much cheaper, mm. and you can do everything with Lightroom. The printers are cheap. The paper is cheap. Wow! You can print your own pictures and and. Um, Bob's your uncle, as they say. Yeah, as they say. <laughs> so, so people, you know, just look at photo books, look at magazines, and, mm. and go out and take pictures, because as you see, fifty uh, percent is uh, being there. Being there, <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, it was fun. <laughs> like you said, we could have gone off on several different 30-minute yeah, tangents. Yeah, I have uh, but... four different more stories. I do talk shows as well. Uh, I, I've had a talk at. Uh, sort of talk shows but or the slide presentations they called sure. them in the good old days you know yeah or powerpoint and and now it's keynote you know with mac it's right. called keynote yeah so i do that um i did the last one at sale newport and i've done 45 minutes or two times 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i had two times i was in um at the uh, uh, new bedford whaling museum oh yeah i had, yep. um, had talks there twice now I do yacht club, so Jamestown Yacht Club is coming. It's a Connecticut Yacht Club. Connecticut, yeah. 
coming up, and uh, so I'm I'm working on that to get your clubs. Uh, I go to Switzerland in March, and I have some talks there oh, wow. at your clubs. So that's another uh, another uh, little. Do you visit your your old home area? Is that when you go back? <clears throat> yeah, when I go back. Well, I go. I, I have friends in Zurich and friends um, near Bern, where I grew up mm. on the lakes. There, I uh, I stay with my friends around the lakes, and, nice. and I go ski. Yeah, in, um, up in the mountains. In- I was going to ask you if you were a skier, but that sounded a bit cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I'm, I'm not that. Uh, I see all your stickers on your, <laughs> on your. And a good friend of mine who is actually staying with me right now is uh, Block Island Steve. Yeah, I don't know if you saw his uh, his his web uh, his um, social media. Yeah, I know that uh, name on Facebook. And, yeah, and uh, he's a uh, uh, he goes to Killington all the time mm. and. Uh, he does ski photography as well, and and uh, so he skis a lot. And I don't ski a lot. I I I'm I'm going to uh, Aspen uh, next month in, mm-hmm. uh, in February. The first time in many many years uh, I go to Colorado. A, a friend of mine has a house there, but I go every year in March. I go to Switzerland. I ski there mm. and in Zermatt, uh, where I have friends and see family and friends. Sure. <laughs> it's a reunion, class yeah. reunion. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Standing Before the Mass podcast with Chris Heaton. Sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.